today uh, we're going to begin, uh, or we're going to share a message today entitled God's Dream for Your Life. Uh, and as you see on the screen there, uh, we're going to do a book giveaway. As I was studying for this message, uh, God's Dream for Your Life, uh, I, I was reminded of this book. And so the sermon today is not based off the book, uh, but uh, this is one of the best books that I've ever read uh, on really just uh, encouraging in a real practical way, uh, understanding how God has a dream, the obstacles, the challenges that stand in the way of keeping us from embracing God's dream for our life, and really how do we move forward uh, into what God has. It's written from a very interesting uh, storytelling perspective, uh, and it really is just a great book. So all you have to do to register to win is just go to one of our social media pages and share one of our posts, uh, and then hashtag it, Life at Liberty. Uh, and if you will share one of our posts this week, you can do that between now and Friday. But if you want to go ahead and get your uh, phones out, you can do that right there while you're sitting there uh, and go ahead and share a post. That post right there is on there. Or you can share any post from this week and then hashtag it, Life at Liberty. And if you'll put that hashtag on there and share that post, your name will be entered. And next Sunday, uh, we'll, uh, we'll be announcing our winners and uh, the books will be out at the Information Center. You can pick a book. So we got three chances for you to win and uh, it'll just be a great time uh, for you to uh, really uh, hopefully uh, dive a little bit deeper into what we're going to talk about today, and that is God's dream for your life. So let's kind of move into our message this morning. So uh, today I want to talk about just what I just said, God's dream for our lives. And I want us to look at that first point on your outline. We're just going to look at it together this morning. So I want you to see this about God's dream. God's dream for your life, God's dream for my life is the best version of your life. God's dream for your life is the best version of your life, and you and I must refuse to settle for anything else, right? How many of you realize God has a dream? And God doesn't just have a dream, God has a dream for you, right? He is the creator, He is the designer, He is the architect of the universe, but He is also the architect of your life, right? God formed you, fashioned you, created you, you are unique and special, right? There's nobody else with your DNA, there's nobody else with your fingerprints, you were created fearfully and wonderfully by the hand of a holy God, and guess what? God did not make you unique. Just just so you could casually live your life. God made you unique because God has a dream for your life. Right? God made you unique because He was custom designing you to fulfill a divine purpose, right? He was custom designing you to fulfill a designed purpose. And that designed purpose is His dream for your life. And so I want you to understand this morning as we kind of walk into this message today that God's dream for your life really is the best version of your life. Because how many of you realize there are multiple versions of your life actually that could be lived out, right? Let's just kind of think about it for just a minute. There is, there is your version of your life, right? I mean, if you're here today and uh, you're a Christian, how many of you remember your B.C. days before Christ? Y'all remember those B.C. days before you came to know Jesus, right, before Christ? And if you look back at your B.C days, you recognize you were living your version of your life, right? You were doing what you wanted to do, living how you wanted to live. And if you look back now, you probably recognize that your version of life was not going to end up very well. 
It was leading you down a path, down a road, uh, down to a destination that was not really what you ultimately would desire for your life. And so there's your version of your life where you sit at the helm of the ship, you decide what you're going to do and how you're going to live, and most of us, if we'll be really honest, we can honestly say my version of my life is going to end in a shipwrecked place of destruction. And then there's another version. There's the world's version of your life. I mean, think about it, right? There are always people in your life that are trying to impose their version of your life, right? There are people, sometimes it's family, sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's strangers. It's definitely the culture, right? We live in a culture today where we are being pressed into a mold, into an image, where the world is literally wanting to write your story, right? There is a world, the world has a version of your life. And it looks a lot like this, especially in our social media era of living, right? On social media, we, we have all these things where, where a woman, you should look like this, and a guy, you should look like this, and you ought to talk like this, and you should dress like this, and you should act like this because this is cool, and this is successful, and this is in, and if you're not like this, look like this, act like this, talk like this, then you're not, you're not anything. You're just nobody. And it's amazing it's really amazing, it's astounding actually, how much of the world's version we settle for. How we allow the world structure, the world system. The Bible actually talks about the world system being in opposition to God. And it is so crazy how we allow our world system to write the story of our lives. And how we begin to give in to the pressures of this world system to create a version of our life that uh, this is crazy. I was talking with, uh, with, uh, with Brother Curtis a few weeks ago. And we were talking about birthday parties. He said, man, when my kids were little, we had uh, cake and ice cream. He said, now... Man, we have these birthday extravaganzas, you know. I mean, he said, it's like, we're like, how much money can we spend? I mean, we all have, we got to do this big, 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 really big, really big. And the reason we got to do it really big is because on Facebook, somebody did really big. And my birthday party for my child, I love her more than they love their kids. So mine's got to be bigger than theirs. Now, nothing wrong with big. I mean, I think God loves big. But if you're doing big, if you're doing more, if you're doing all this stuff just because you're trying to let the world write your story, this is what the world says it has to look like. This is what my world says my, my life needs to be imaged in. And so all of a sudden we start letting the world write the version of our lives. And let me just tell you something about the world's version of your life. It doesn't end well. It will lead you to a place of, of destruction, right? The world system, if you'll follow the world system, you know what will happen? You'll spend more money than you make. You'll spend more money than you make, right? You'll try to be something you're not, and you'll burn a bunch of bridges along the way. And at the end of the day, you will be disconnected from a holy God. That's the world system. But you know what? The world system is trying to write the story of our life. And then there's another version. There's, there's God's version. The one that created you, the one that made you, the one that, the one that purposed you into existence, the one that formed you and fashioned you in His image. There's God's version of your life, and that's God's dream. And so I just want you to understand, I want you to see this morning that when we embrace God's dream, what we're really embracing is we are embracing the best version of my life. 
See, I am the best man I can be when I'm living God's dream. I'm the best husband I can be. I'm the best father I can be. I'm the best pastor I can be. I'm the best individual I can be when I'm living God's version of life. When I embrace His dream for my life, it brings out the best version of me. And let's just be real honest, there can be some bad versions of all of us. See, there's a side to you and there's a side to me that nobody should ever see. But if we're not careful, that'll be the version of life that we live. If we allow self to write our story, if we allow the world's version to dictate how we live our lives, and if we don't embrace God's dream. And, and here's the thing, that last statement says we have to refuse to settle. We have to refuse to settle. we got to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, I'm going after God's dream, and that, that's it. I'm living the dream. Right? I'm going to live the dream that God dreamed for me. Amen? Amen. So let's look uh, in Genesis chapter 37. We're going to look today at uh, the ultimate dreamer, right? Joseph is, 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 is known uh, historically, biblically as being uh, the ultimate dreamer. The Bible says in verse 5, now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. And then he dreamed still another dream and he told it to his brothers again. He was a little slow. Y'all laugh later when you get home. That was fun. And he said, look, I've dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to him. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come and bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Look at this next statement on your outline. This is key. This is where we're going to hang our hat today. How you handle... How you handle resistance, opposition, and failure is going to determine whether or not you're going to fulfill God's dream for your life. How you handle resistance, opposition, and failure is going to determine whether or not you fulfill God's dream for your life. Because let me just tell you a great clue for life today. There will, number one, be resistance. And let me talk about resistance because really the greatest resistance we face is the resistance that comes from within. T.D. Jakes said it this way. He said, it is the enemy in me. <laughs> it is the enemy in me that is my greatest enemy. Right? There is going to be internal resistance. When you begin to grab hold of God's dream for your life, your flesh is going to resist it. If you don't believe me, just set your alarm clock 30 minutes earlier for tomorrow morning and say, I'm going to get up an extra 30 minutes early tomorrow, and I'm going to spend time at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to read my Bible, and I'm going to meditate on what God is wanting to say and do in my life. And let me tell you something. When your alarm clock goes off, your flesh will resist you. Your emotions will resist you. Your mind will give you a list of reasons why you should not get out of bed. Right? There is internal resistance, and every time you set out to do what God has called you to do, embrace the dream that God has, there's going to be internal resistance. And that's why there's two things. I want to give you two keys to overcoming internal resistance, because these are two things we never outgrow. As a believer in Jesus Christ, there are two things you never mature beyond. And the first one is simply this. We are always going to have to crucify our flesh. 
Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, but yet I live, but not I, the life that I now live. I live by faith, he said, in the Son of God who gave himself for me. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Paul also made this statement to the Corinthian church. He said, I die daily. Daily. See, because there's going to be internal resistance. When you embrace God's dream, your flesh is going to rise up, and you never become so holy that you don't have flesh. Right? I've been pastor for 25 years. I'm just telling you, 25 years later, I still got flesh. Man, it's still there. And every time I try to grab hold of what God has, my flesh wants to resist it. My mind wants to give me reasons why I should not, could not, and don't need to do this thing that I'm trying to do that's going to stretch me and challenge me and pull me beyond where I've ever been before. And so there's going to be internal resistance. So you're going to have to settle in your heart, I'm going to crucify the flesh. The second thing you never outgrow as a Christian is you have to always renew your mind. Romans 12 tells us this, that we, that we do not need to be conformed to this world, but we need to be transformed how? By the renewing of our minds. Why do I have to renew my mind every single day? Because every single day the world system is bombarding my minds with thoughts, ideas, and images that are contradictory to God's dream for my life. So I can never stop renewing my mind. And the moment you stop renewing your mind with the Word of God, you know what will happen? You will subconsciously begin to drift away from God's dream. You won't recognize it immediately. You won't see it in a week. You won't even see it maybe in a month. But all of a sudden, there'll be this subconscious drift. And things you used to embrace, you won't hold on to anymore. Things you used to be committed to, you'll start walking away from. Things you used to be passionate about, you'll become, oh, well, if I can do it, I can do it. And if I can't, I can't. It really doesn't matter. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself drifting away from the dream that God has for your life. Why? Because if you don't constantly crucify your flesh and renew your mind, you're going to lose the battle. The next thing that happens is not only is there resistance, there's opposition. Opposition is, is external. There's external opposition, right? Uh, they, uh, Joseph's brothers, they hated him. They betrayed him. They sold him into slavery. Potiphar's wife lied on him. He was thrown into prison unjustly. He was, he was forgotten by, by the people in the jail. He was rejected and rebuked even by his father. Right? There's going to be opposition. When you begin to grab hold of God's dream for your life, there's going to be opposition. The people that you thought would be your greatest cheerleader sometimes become your worst critic. The people that should be supporting you sometimes don't support you. And all of a sudden, all hell and high water breaks loose against you because you're trying to pursue God's dream for your life. Sometimes people give up and they quit and they throw in the towel because they say, well, Pastor Keith, I didn't know it was going to be so hard pursuing the life God called me to live. Think about this for just a second. Opposition is normal. Right? Opposition is normal. Think about it. When you start pursuing God's dream, you are going upstream against your flesh, against the world, and against the devil. Opposition is normal. Right? The fact that there's internal resistance, the fact that there's external opposition means I'm probably moving in the right direction. I'm probably grabbing hold of God's dream 
for my life. Now, I'm not talking about suffering because of your sin. I'm talking about suffering opposition because you're choosing to do what is right. And then the last word there, that third word is failure. See, because there's resistance and because there's opposition, you're going to fail. <laughs> you're going to fall down. You're going to come short of the glory of God. I wish I could tell you after 25 years of ministry, I don't fail anymore. That'd be a horrible lie. <laughs> Man, I hit my face, unfortunately, a whole lot more than I like to. But there's a great truth in Scripture. Look at it with us. Proverbs 24, 16. Look what it says. It says, the godly man may trip seven times. Right, but look what it says. But they will get up again. The godly man may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Right? You're going to fail. Failure happens. Failure is a part of life. Right? It's not an option. You don't get to opt out of failure just because you love Jesus. You don't get to opt out of failure just because you're pursuing God's dream for your life. Sometimes you're just going to fall flat on your face. There's going to be resistance. There's going to be opposition. Sometimes you're going to get in your flesh. Sometimes you're going to give in to the pressure and temptation of the world, and you're going to fall flat on your face. And guess what? It is at that moment you're going to have to decide, am I going to stay down or am I going to get up? Amen. I've seen way too many Christians stay down. I've seen way too many people stay down and they refuse to get up, right? We got to keep on getting up. We just got to keep getting up and keep getting up and keep getting up. Amen? I saw a quote yesterday uh, from, I'm not sure how much of a theologian this guy is. Y'all probably heard of him. His name's Michael Jordan. <laughs> I saw a quote by Michael Jordan. This is what he said. He said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I have been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed it. I have failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I am a success. I have failed over and over and over again, and that is why I am a success. Success always comes on the heel of failure, right? How you handle resistance, how you handle opposition, how you handle failure is going to determine whether or not you're going to embrace God's dream for your life, whether or not you're going to step in to what God has purposed and planned for you. Why? Because resistance comes, opposition comes, and failure comes. But we got to get up. And when we fall down, we got to get up again, and we got to get up again, and we got to get up again. Why? Because only the people that keep getting up win. Right. Amen. So I want to give you, I want to talk to you today about four ways to know that you're living God's dream. So maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, well, Pastor Keith, I don't even know what God's dream is for my life. I don't know if I'm on the path I'm supposed to be on. Am I even moving in the right direction? Am I doing the things I should be doing? I want to give you four ways to know that you're living God's dream. Four characteristics that if you're living the dream that God has called you to live, these four things are going to be true in your life. So let's look at the first one. I want us to look at it together. So number one is that God's dream for your life gives life to you and to those around you. God's dream for your life gives life. When you're connected to God's dream, you know what will happen? It will become a life-giving fountain. 
It will energize you. It will empower you. It will enable you to press on and push on. Why? Because it is a life-giving fountain. Let's look at uh, Proverbs 13. Look at this scripture, and then we'll come back to this. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But look what the scripture says. But a dream fulfilled is a what? A tree of life. A dream fulfilled is a tree of life. When you're living God's dream, you know what will happen? It gives life to you. And it not only gives life to you, it gives life to the people that are connected to you. See, one of the best ways to know if you're living God's dream is look at your family. Look at the people that are closest connected to you. Is your life giving life? Is the way you're living your life empowering you? Right? Is it empowering you? Because when you begin to live God's dream, doesn't mean it's not hard, doesn't mean it's not difficult, doesn't mean you're not physically, emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually exhausted at times. It just means that when you grab hold of God's dream and you start pursuing the dream that God has for you, all of a sudden the dream of God, the dream fulfilled is a tree of life. It gives life. Right? Again, you may go home totally exhausted, but you're also energized and fired up on the inside because you're a part of something you know is of God. And this is what God has called you to do, right? And then it gives life to the people that are connected to you. Now, here's a challenge that happens in Christian circles, is a lot of times we will, we will pursue God's dream, but we'll try to accomplish it our way. Amen. Right? We, we've, we've identified, hey, this is God's dream, but I don't want to fulfill God's dream God's way. I actually want to fulfill God's dream my way. And then all of a sudden you see unhealthy families, and you see breakdown, and you see burnout, and you see exhaustion, and you see fatigue. And you see all these things that start to happen in Christian circles, not because people aren't pursuing God's dream, but because many times they're pursuing God's dream their way. But if I begin to pursue God's dream God's way, you know what will happen? It will give me life. I'll be energized. Again. There are challenges, there's difficulties, those things are normal. We just clarified that. But what I will do when I pursue God's dream, it energizes me and it blesses and gives life to the people around me. Let's look at the second thing. The second way you can know you're living God's dream is that God's dream for your life honors and glorifies God. It honors and glorifies God. Why? Because it's God's dream. God decided that your life should bring Him honor. And your life should bring Him glory. And when you're living God's dream, your life brings honor and glory to God, right? When you're living God's dream, your life honors the Lord. Your life honors the Word, right? You're not living a life in violation to the teachings of Jesus. You're not living a life that dishonors the name of God. You're not living a life that causes people to push away from Christianity instead of draw near to Christianity. Why? Because when you're living God's dream, your life will bring honor and glory to God. Let me give you two scriptures. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Therefore, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Now look at our next scripture. I want you to see this. 1 John 1, seven. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. One of the ways I know I'm living God's dream, my life brings honor and glory to God, right? In other words, I'm walking in the light. See, God's dream will bring you into the light. It'll bring you into the light. Let me say it this way. When you're living God's dream, you don't have to keep secrets. When you're living God's dream, you don't have to keep secrets, right? When you say, oh, I can't tell my husband. Oh, I can't tell my wife. Oh, let's not tell the kids. Oh, don't tell my boss. Don't tell my coworkers. And please don't tell the IRS. 
right? When you're living God's dream, you don't have to keep secrets. Why? Because your life brings honor and glory to God. All of a sudden, God's dream brings you into the light of Jesus Christ. It brings you into a lifestyle where you're no longer having to manipulate and control people and take advantage of people to get what you want. Now, you can live in the light of Jesus Christ. You don't have to keep secrets, and you can be fully, completely honest about who you are and how you live your life. And let me just say this to you today. There is nothing more freeing than being able to be real. But when you're keeping secrets and you've got hidden things and secret things, you're not following God's dream. Because when you're keeping secrets, you're not living a life that honors and glorifies Him. Amen. Look at the third thing. God's dream for your life connects you to the harvest. And by harvest, I mean reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's dream for your life connects you and me to the harvest. Well, Pastor Keith, you might say, I'm not a pastor. I'm not called to be a preacher. I don't want to lead a small group. I'm not, you know, I just, I'm just who I am. I love coming to church, and, and I love my family, and I'm doing my job. But, you know, I, I don't know how in the world me, I can be connected to the harvest. Well, it's really simple. Live your life in a way that represents Jesus, and people want to know who he is. Just two weeks ago, right, we talked about the unexpected adventure, that when I'm willing, available, and prayerful, there are unexpected adventures, there are unexpected opportunities that are going to arise where I can be the salt and the light of Jesus Christ. See, I believe that when you begin to live God's dream, God's dream for your life connects you to the harvest. Look with us in Luke chapter 19. And the reason I believe that is based off not only this scripture, but many scriptures. But Jesus said this, speaking of himself, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. If you think about it, everything that we do for people after salvation, right, we disciple people, we encourage people, we, we help people find freedom and deliverance from the hurts and the pains of their past, right? We, we see marriages put back together. We see families put back together. We see people financially prosper. We, we help people uh, further their education and ultimately succeed in every arena and area of their life. But how many of you realize that all of that without salvation is profitless and void? So now we have successful people going to hell. I'm not bound by drugs and alcohol, but I am now still bound by my sin, and I'm going to spend eternity separated from God. Praise God, I got healed of my past, but now I have a dire future because I never really trusted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. See, the reality is that God's dream for your life always connects you back to the harvest. Everybody in this room, some way, some form, some fashion, you have an ability to connect people to Christ. That's God's dream. Right? And the way, this is, this is so exciting. One of, the, one of the simplest ways you can know that you're living the dream is you look behind you. Because the Bible says signs and wonders will follow those who believe. So you look behind you. When you look behind you, what do you see? Do you see a wake of destruction? Man, them people, I felt sorry for them. They should have never got my path. Boy, I wrecked that family. Boy, that job, they'll never be the same. Or do you see a wake of glory? Do you say, oh, man, look what God did there. Oh, man, look what God did there. Oh, man, look what God did there. See, that's how you know if you're on the right path. You don't necessarily always look ahead. Sometimes you've got to look behind and see what kind of trail you're blazing. 
you're supposed to be connected to the harvest. And when you're living God's dream, that dream connects you. Whether you're a businessman that God's anointed to make money to support the gospel and allow the gospel to go to the nations of the world, or whether you're a stay-at-home mom that raises her kids and instills the Word of God in them so that they would grow up to be mighty warriors in the kingdom of God, whatever it is, whatever arena or facet that God has called you to serve in, live in, work in, it is intended to connect you to the harvest. Your life is supposed to make a difference in other people's lives for the glory of God. Amen? Let me give you number four. This is exciting. So God's dream for your life uses your gifts and your talents to their fullest potential. Uses your gifts and your talents to your fullest potential. Let's look at our scripture together. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. And everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. God has given you, the scripture says, gifts and talents and abilities. And God's dream, if we go back to that point, God's dream for your life, I want you to see this. God's dream for your life uses your gifts and your talents to their fullest potential. Let me say it this way. When you're connected to God's dream, you will consistently be stretched to go further. Right? If you're bored, right? If you're bored on your job and you're bored in your family and you're bored in church, you need to ask God, Lord, I want to go deeper into your dream. I want to go deeper into your dream, God. Because God's dream stretches you. God's dream takes the gifts and the talents that he has put in you, and he pulls out the fullest potential that he's put in you. How many parents we got in the room here today? Any parents in the room? Go ahead and raise your hand. There you go. Awesome. All of us know this, right? If you're a parent, you know what you know? You know that you see your kid's potential probably more than anybody else. You see what they can be. You see what they can do. You see the fullness. You know how smart they are, how caring they are, how driven they are, how on purpose they are. You know all those things about your kids. You see the full potential in them. Guess what? We have a heavenly Father who sees your fullest potential. And when you connect your heart and your life to God's dream, you know what God will do? God will pull out his best. He'll stretch you to that next level. Why? Because God knows there's more in you than what you're operating in today. And to me, that's what's exciting about living the dream. When you live the dream that God has for your life, there's constant growth, constant challenge, and constant opportunity to get better than you've ever been before. Because that's what God's dream does. It pulls it out of you. So that doesn't mean you need to change your career path. It may mean you just need to say, God, I want to go deeper in the dream. This is the dream, but I've grown stagnant here, God. I want to go deeper in the dream that you have for me. Let me give you our final takeaway thought here this morning. So God's dream for your life is the best version of your life, so never give up. God's dream for your life is the best version of your life, so never give up, right? You'll never be defeated unless you quit. You'll never be defeated unless you quit. I want to close by reading 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to read several verses to you. I want you to hear the Apostle Paul. 
He says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We are knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Though suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach, look at that, but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. And all of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be greater thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Did you see what that verse, that verse says that when God's grace reaches more and more people, God will get more and more glory. You want to know why reaching out and raising up matters? Because the more people we reach, guess who gets more glory? God gets more glory. Look at the next verse, verse 16. And that is why we never give up. And that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For this present trouble, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that will vastly outweigh them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. And that is why we never give up. We never give up. Why? Because resistance, opposition, and failure are normal. You can only be defeated if you quit. So we have to refuse to settle for anything less than God's dream for our life. Because guess what? It is the best version of your life. Of all the stories that can be written about you, God's story is the best story. And that's the story I, and I know you here today, desire to see become real. I want you just to bow your heads this morning. Let's just close our eyes. I want to do two things today. You're here today and you're Christian, you're saved, you know you're going to heaven. And maybe somewhere along the way, you've lost sight of God's dream. And you move from a life of thriving, pursuing what God had for you, to a life of surviving, just holding on until breakthrough comes. I want to tell you today that God's dream for your life is worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. Joseph dreamed another dream. And what's exciting is that the second dream didn't discount the first dream. God just enlarged his dream. And maybe you're here today and maybe you say, Pastor Keith, I've been chasing the dream, but I need God to enlarge my dream today. I need God to stretch me. I need, I need something that's going to call me higher, that's going to require more of me. 
Maybe I've become complacent in my dream. And I know I'm on the right path, but I just need to dream another dream today. I need a fresh vision of God's dream for my life. And today I want to ask God to let me dream another dream. I want to ask you to be bold right now. If that's you, I want you to stand up. I want a fresh dream today. I want to dream another dream today. Right now, people all over this building are standing up. I want to dream another dream. I need God to enlarge the dream that he's put in my heart. Right now, as you stand, I just want to pray over you this morning. If you want to stand, go ahead and stand right now. I want God's dream. I want to enlarge the dream of God in my life. Let's pray this together. Father, in the name of Jesus, enlarge your dream. Open my eyes to see, my ears to hear, and my heart to receive. I commit myself to your dream for my life. And I believe that your dream is the best version of me. So enlarge my dream. I receive fresh vision and your dream for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. And I just want to ask you, just with every head bowed again, just for another moment. Maybe you're here today. Last thing, I want to close with this final question or this final thought. Maybe you're here today. You say, Pastor Keith, I've never, I've never grabbed hold of God's dream. I never knew God had a dream for me. I've never known God. I've heard about him. Maybe even prayed to him a time or two. But I really have never surrendered my life to him. And today I want to ask Jesus to become the Lord of my life. And for the first time in my life, I want to embrace God's dream for me. I want to ask him to forgive me of my sin. I'm tired of living my, my life my way. My version doesn't work. The world's version doesn't work. Today I want to surrender and let God's version of life be my life that I live. And I want to trust Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. If that's your heart's cry, I want you to stand all over this building. I want to trust Jesus today. I want to embrace God's dream for the first time. Hey, this is a real moment, guys. This is eternity. God's dream for your life. My version doesn't work. The world's version doesn't work. I believe today God's version will work. And I want to trust Jesus. I want to trust Jesus today to be my Lord and my Savior. As people are standing this morning, we're going to just slip a packet into your hand if you stand because we want to help you today. We want to help you take that next step. We want to help you connect to God's dream for your life. It begins with Jesus being your Lord and Savior. That's point one. That's where we start. We're about to pray. If you want to pray this prayer this morning, you just stand to your feet right now. I want to embrace God's dream for my life. I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer with me today, specifically for those of you that are standing. I want you to know, look at me if you're standing this morning. I want to just say to you this morning that God loves you. And you just made the greatest decision you're ever going to make in your life. And God's dream is the best version. It's not a story. It's not a fake. It's not a sermon. It's a reality. So let's pray this prayer together. Everybody together, let's pray this. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. 
rose again on the third day. And I ask you today to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and my life. I confess that my version doesn't work. And I believe that God's dream for my life is the best life I can live. And I trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.